Hey you, yes you, thanks for tuning in to the Healthy, Wild and Free podcast. My name is David Benjamin, I'm your host and the founder of HealthyWildAndFree.com. If you're like me, you understand that health, the mind, body, spirit, heart connection, and living a green, eco-friendly, sustainable lifestyle are some of the most valuable and life-enhancing lessons that we can learn and pass on to our children to live happy and abundant lives. That's why this podcast was created, to help you grow in these areas. If you aren't already subscribed to the newsletter, go to HealthyWildAndFree.com, click the box at the top right-hand corner to get a free copy of our latest ebook, and you will be subscribed to be notified about future podcasts. Thanks for subscribing and tuning in. Enjoy. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, the host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Today I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break from the regular podcast routine and I'm going to talk about uh, diets, diet fads, um, the different kind of quote-unquote healthy diets out there and really just kind of share information with you that I think is important and relevant. Um, So far in this podcast I've interviewed a lot of different experts uh, on the topics of yoga, spirituality, diet, fitness, health, uh, the mind. Uh, the connection of the mind, body, spirit, and just all these kind of different unique topics that I find interesting and the type of information that I would like to learn, you know, in my life to improve my health and my, and my uh, levels of happiness and wellness and things like that. Um, so the reason I, wanna, I wanted to kind of record this podcast today was to share kind of my perspective. And I think one of the perspectives that I kind of bring to the health space is a kind of hopefully more of a balanced perspective because I think a lot of uh, people that... Um, you know, have written health books that have uh, spoken on, you know, TED Talks or, you know, whatever it may be that kind of have this uh, notoriety attached to their, to their health message, uh, feel that their way is the best. And we all feel that our way is the, way, the, the best overall. And, it's, you know, there's nothing you know, wrong with that. If you believe something, you believe something. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of value in different perspectives. And there's so many perspectives when it comes to diet and what you eat, and is this healthy, is that healthy, uh, is this way of living healthy, and, and there's so many different perspectives, and my goal with this podcast is to bring in different people from different backgrounds to share their different perspectives so that you can come to your own conclusion and find your own kind of balance, um, because I think it really just comes down to finding your own balance, finding out what's unique and distinct for you, and what's really going to work for you, because uh, there's so many different um, you know, ways, if you will, to eat healthy. There's so many different quote-unquote healthy foods, um, but that doesn't mean that some of them, doesn't mean all of them are going to work for you, and it doesn't mean, you know, it's just going to work out if you just follow this specific path or that path. Um, I think we all kind of have to carve our own path and find our own way uh, and, and kind of learn from people who have done scientific research and have, you know, their own stories and kind of learn and, and, and have guides like that. But I think we ultimately have to make our own decisions. And, uh, you know, that's where uh, finding your own, your own kind of habits and routines come into play. And that's for me in my life how, uh, you know, I really kind of took my health from a, an area where, you know, at one point in my life I was 19 years old and uh, I was so stressed out. Um, I wasn't eating healthy. I was eating, uh, you know, like microwave dinners. I, I, I put them in the oven, thankfully, but I was eating microwave dinners. Uh, and they were actually a, l- a little bit better. They were like Amy's vegan dinners. Uh, and I'd eat potato chips. So I'd eat like, uh, you know, quick, quick dinners and potato chips and, you know, whatever. I barely had any vegetables or fruits or anything. And uh, for me, I, when I did that at that point in my life, it led me to a place where, at 19 years old, I got heart palpitations, and I just didn't have any energy. I didn't sleep well. My whole life was kind of in a state of of havoc, and uh, it really just kind of came back to my diet and uh, how stressed I was and lack of exercise, those kind of three main things. Um, But diet was definitely a huge portion of that, and for me, my path kind of led to kind of discovering and over time evolving and and creating a more healthier a diet that's more refined to my needs, specifically for what I do, uh, how I spend my time, how I spend my energy, because we all spend our time and our energy in different ways, and that will require different dietary demands. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, some of us do more physical labor. That's going to affect, you know, what type of diet you eat. Some of us do more, uh, you know, mind work, like me, you know, uh, writing, reading, making videos, doing interviews and things like that. 
Um, so that's going to require uh, different demands uh, for the mind as well. So there's so many different kind of components and factors that go into play that in this episode today, I just kind of want you to see the big picture of all of this and make some sense of it and then kind of find the tangible value uh, that you can use in your life to find uh, the healthiest diet for you specifically. Um, so let's get into the podcast. So first things first, uh, I want to talk about kind of uh, the difference between uh, diet fads and uh, diets. Now, um, a diet fad is something that you will often see in the media, uh, and even they'll even have you know stars and and quote unquote diet and guru expert advice panels that are kind of proponent a proponent of these different diets. And uh, these these diet fads are things like, uh, for example, a diet that's um, high in calories or low in calories, or high in carbs or low in carbs, or high in fats or low in fats, or high in sugar or low in sugar or high in protein and low in protein. It's a, it's a diet that basically has a, uh, a both basically an extremity built into the diet. So what I mean by that is uh, it, it's, you know, it's very hyped up and it's very, um, you know, this diet is, and it's mostly around weight loss too, so just kind of keep that in mind. So it's mostly like, you know, oh, this diet, we find that if we reduce calories or if we, we found that if, you know, uh, we reduce, um, you know, fats, for example, those are kind of two of the biggest ones. If we reduce calories, you know, you lose weight. And if you reduce fats, you lose weight. Um, you know, so there's a lot of these kind of like diet fads out there that really kind of play on the uh, uh, kind of the weak uh, uh, state that someone may be in at a point in their life where they don't feel uh, beautiful. They don't feel they have, a, you know, value because they're overweight. They don't feel good. They don't look good. And uh, these, these extreme diets, you know, quote unquote diets, um, in my mind are kind of really, really dangerous. And, and there, there's several reasons for that. The first reason is because uh, these diets basically preach that you need to uh, either increase something massively or cut something massively, your diet and lifestyle. And I think anytime we make extreme uh, kind of changes within our, uh, in our life, whether it be diet, you know, on a physical, emotional, spiritual level, whatever it may be, anytime we try to make extreme changes quickly, our body has a hard time adjusting because our bodies are used to, uh, they're used to slower changes. You know, for example, when we go and exercise, we warm up. We warm up our muscles because we don't want to tear our muscles. Uh, it's kind of the same thing when you, if you apply that model to diet, if you're making extreme changes in a short amount of time, it, it shocks your body. It, it will shock your digestive system. It will shock, uh, you know, maybe, you know, your immune system. It, it'll shock, uh, you know, uh, your nervous system. Uh, it'll, it'll shock your body into a state of uh, kind of a misunderstanding of misinformation um, because your body is, it is adaptive, but it has adapted to what you were doing. And when you try to make fast changes, uh, big changes, whether, you know, it be in the calorie, carb, fat, sugar, protein category, whenever you try to make big changes like that, your body uh, needs, it doesn't know what to do. It, it goes into kind of like fight or flight mode. And uh, that's when people, for example, you know, the extreme changes may occur. So, for example, you may cut calories uh, severely or you may cut fat severely and you'll notice that you lose weight. But the problem with that is it's not sustainable because your body doesn't fully adapt to this kind of uh, modified, quote unquote, diet, this, this you know, new way, new way of living. Uh, you know, you may burn some fat and, and, and do all these different things, but uh, you, slowly you'll, eventually your energy may burn out, and that's kind of typically your energy will burn out, and then you need to get some, you know, more calories, or, um, you know, just you, mentally, you know, cognitively you don't feel right, so uh, you kind of crave some healthy fats, hopefully healthy fats. Um, you know, so our bodies are made to adapt, but they're made to adapt uh, slowly. Well, they can adapt quickly too, but uh, when, when it's a diet change, when it's quick like that, uh, evolutionarily speaking, our bodies are not used to doing that because our, the human species has evolved, um, you know, to pick berries and to eat green leaves and, um, you know, in and, and, and colder climates, hunt for, you know, animals, hunt for game and things like that. So uh, for thousands of years, our our, the human species has uh, evolved and adapted to eat something uh, local, uh, something, uh, you know, very kind of specific. And because of all the changes in the f production of food, uh, genetically modified foods, uh, preservatives, additives, uh, the heating up of food, pasteurization, all these different kind of components that go into the creation of modern-day quote-unquote food, uh, our bodies 
uh, have a hard time adapting to that. And on top of that, if you're trying to drastically reduce calories or fats or sugars or whatever it may be uh, with a lower quality food, with a lower uh, nutritional density value of food, your body doesn't know how to respond and how to react. So it's, it's, it's very dangerous to kind of look at these uh, extremities of, of diet fads and to say, oh, that's, that's going to work for me. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, with Atkins diet or I'm going to go with this low calorie, you know, cut calorie down and go cut my fats and, you know, in my diet, I'm going to go cut this or that. And it's mostly about cutting and restricting back. Um, and, but then sometimes you have other people and other proponents saying, you know, increase your, your calories or increase, um, your healthy fats. And, you know, there, there, there's so many people saying either reduce or increase calories, carbs, fats, sugars, proteins. Uh, and I think it's important to understand that that is not the answer to being healthy or losing fat or burning fat um, because the problem is it's going to create an imbalance in your body and everyone is specifically unique and different. So um, I hope that makes sense. I hope that that kind of message resonates with you a little bit. Uh, and, and I hope that uh, you kind of see that whole fad industry, if you will, different um, because there's a lot of diet fads out there and there's a lot of people uh, still pushing these ideas and they're completely outdated and completely irrelevant because there's so many factors that go into a healthy diet, into a healthy diet that um, kind of makes up uh, a healthy you. And uh, if you continue to kind of uh, be sold on these ideas of, you know, crazy restrictions and increasing things and reducing things overnight and you think that's going to be your savior, it's not for your health, it's not for your weight, it's not for anything. Um, so that's just my perspective on it. And from what I've learned in, you know, from the kind of health experts and, and authors and people that I learned from, um, that's kind of what I've learned from that information. And I, I hope that kind of uh, summarizes it very nicely for you. Um, now, on the other hand, so we kind of covered, you know, diet fads. What, what is a diet fad? What does that mean? Uh, on the other hand, we have, you know, diets and actual diets are composed of different foods from kind of different categories, if you will. Uh, and they, you know, there's, there's kind of, healthy diet. There's a healthy diet scale, if you will. So what I mean by that is if you start looking into eating healthy and you, and you start, you know, looking into um, how can I get the healthiest food? How can I have the healthiest diet? What is the healthiest diet? First of all, uh, to answer the question, what is the healthiest diet? Um, there really is no answer. There is no absolute truth because once again, our individuality comes into play. So what I am going to share with you though, are the kind of main, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, Five diet kind of categories. That is the FedEx or UPS. Um, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> what I'm going to share with you is the five um, kind of categories or uh, I guess they're really categories of diets that I believe are healthier overall and are healthier choices to learn from. Um, so basically, um, the first one is paleo. Now, I don't really kind of follow the paleo or paleolithic um, guidelines, but I think that there is some value within the paleo uh, um, understanding of food. And paleo is basically uh, really focused on like, you know, um, kind of meat on a daily basis and then also vegetables, meat, vegetables, and fruits. Um, primarily, uh, I would say vegetables, then meat, then fruits as far as like the categories of what you eat. Uh, and, and for some people, paleo works. Paleolithic diets seem to work. They, you know, they, they, they say they feel a lot healthier, they look better all these different things. Um, so that's kind of the first kind of category that I've seen people that eat paleo or eat kind of in the paleolithic type of way or in that kind of fashion that have some, have had, have seen positive results from that overall. The next category is a uh, pescatarian. Now a pescatarian is someone who is similar to the paleo, paleo and paleolithic lifestyle, um, but they only eat fish. So they'll eat fruits, vegetables, um, you know, beans, nuts, seeds, just like the paleo people, but they will only eat fish. They won't eat uh, any of the other meats. They don't eat pork. They don't eat beef, they, you know, those types of things. So these people eat fish and then fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, sprouts, all those types of things, beans. Um, so that's what a pescatarian is. And I've seen and, and heard a lot of uh, positive things about people that have had good results in their life as far as energy, uh, you know, how... How, how good they feel, how in shape they are, all these different things with the kind of pescatarian diet. Uh, the next diet is vegetarian. 
Now, a vegetarian is someone uh, that, you know, eats no animal products, um, but they will eat, you know, fruits and vegetables. Or, excuse me, they don't, they don't eat, uh, and it depends kind of on the vegetarian, but typically they avoid all animal products, but, you know, they'll have, they won't have meats. So they may have uh, cheese or eggs, for example, or honey, um, you know, things, things that uh, come from an animal but doesn't take the life of an animal. Um, so vegetarians eat, you know, kind of really clean, uh, maybe with some, you know, like I said, uh, eggs or, or uh, maybe yogurt or kefir or, or uh, something like that, maybe animal-based products but not necessarily meat itself. Um, so that's kind of the vegetarian, and I've seen and heard many people that have had great results with that as well. Uh, the next uh, category is vegan. Now, you have different types of vegans. Uh, some vegans eat, uh, you know, really all vegans eat no animal products whatsoever. So they will, you know, eat fruits, vegetables, um, you know, nuts, seeds, sprouts, um, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, some vegans will cook some food or steam food, and other vegans are raw vegans. So they will have fruits, vegetables, um, you know, nuts, seeds, sprouts, things like that, but they eat 100% raw diet, so they don't cook anything. Um, and I've seen and heard people that have had great results kind of following that kind of guideline for, for healthy eating. And then last but not least, uh, and there probably are many more, but these are kind of the main ones I've, I'd kind of recommend taking a look at. Last but not least is uh, fruitarian. Now, fruitarian is uh, it's a little bit on the outskirts, I guess you would say, because there's not a whole lot of fruitarians, um, but basically a vegan uh, that focuses uh, more on um, eating more fruits than anything else. So uh, if you look up, if you Google like 80-10-10 diet or something along those lines, uh, Doug Graham, you can find more information about that. Um, basically, they believe that eating a, a diet higher in uh, fruits uh, and, and sugars from fruits uh, keeps you know, your energy vital, you, you know, all these different things, um, and just keeps you healthy and vibrant and, and all these types of other things. Um, so... Those are kind of the five different diets. You know, if, if you were to kind of see them on a scale, you have paleo, pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan, raw vegan, fruitarian, you know. So these are all actual, I guess you would call them quote-unquote diets. The problem that I have with these quote-unquote diets is that if someone is eating paleo and they feel that, you know, they're eating too much meat and they want to cut back and maybe go a little bit vegetarian for a while, they're following the Paleolithic diet, so they continuously eat meat. Or someone that's a vegan, for example, that is eating, you know, fruits and vegetables, and they don't eat any meat or animal products, and they start running into these different kind of health challenges, and they wonder what's going on, um, and they just eat more fruits and vegetables because they're a vegan, you know, and they have this title of their, you know, I'm a vegan, I'm a, I'm Paleolithic, I'm pescatarian, I'm fruitarian, I'm whatever. Uh, and their title limits their ability to kind of grow and into a healthier version of themselves because they aren't open to looking at other healthy diets that work for other people. So sometimes I think when we overcommit to a diet, even you know a healthy lifestyle diet like paleo, pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan, fruitarian, 100% raw vegan, whatever it may be, committing to that diet isn't necessarily a great idea. You can follow the guidelines of a diet, but I still think it's important to kind of uh, take a step back and look at everything and, this, and, and see the big picture of everything and see the value of, of each specific kind of healthy diet routine because the, in different areas of the world, people eat more meat because it's cold and that's you know, what they have access to, like in Russia and, and Alaska. Um, but if you live you know, in, a, in a tropical climate and you have coconuts and mangoes and all these other things, uh, in those climates, that's, it makes a lot more sense. Uh, so, and then you have the individuality of the person that comes into play as well. So uh, I think it's important to really just take a step back and not look at, you know, diets, you know, see the healthy diet, the scope of healthy diets and see what people are getting positive results from. And one important note on that, what people are getting positive, sustainable results on, because if you are following a diet bad, it's very short lived. You'll see people, you know, lose weight. Uh, gain it back, and then 10 pounds added on top of that. But if you look at the healthy diets um, that I've mentioned, you'll see that these people are having positive uh, results long-term, and they eat a different range of things, but they are overall seeing positive results. And uh, I think just to kind of bring this into the conversation, uh, the food pyramid in America is completely wrong. It's completely backwards, in my opinion. Uh, it's, there's, 
as far as grains and things like that, I, you know, I just don't even think uh, they should be that take up that large portion of the food pyramid. But to bring that into into the picture, uh, we all kind of have our own food pyramid. So to say that this is a food pyramid for everyone, it's kind of ridiculous. And I think uh, the Paleolithic people have their own food pyramid. The pescatarian people have their own food pyramid. Vegetarians have their own food pyramid. Vegans have their own food pyramid, and fruitarians have their own food pyramid. And everyone's picture of that food pyramid is different, and they're all getting positive results. But the problem is, is that when someone in one of those categories, when the results don't become sustainable within their health, their energy levels decline, if they lose a sense of vitality, uh, if they get some, uh, they, they just become weak, whatever it may be, uh, if they start to lose that health and that vitality, and they're overcommitted to their picture of the food pyramid because of uh, these health, you know, diet guru experts that they follow, uh, you can very quickly lose out on your health and vitality, and your organs, will, the health of your organs can become compromised very quickly if you don't pay attention and uh, see the big picture and, and find some sense of balance. Because honestly, I think there's value in every single one of those diets. I think that you need, in order to see the big picture, in order to see the most value, you need to look at the scope of those healthy diets and take what works for you and basically create your own food pyramid and, you know, play around with those diets, you know, uh, paleo, pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan, uh, fruitarian, whatever, you know, all those different things, you know, kind of try them out, test the waters, see which one kind of resonates with you most, but then be open to the other healthy diet lifestyles because uh, no picture is 100% complete. And even for me in my life, I've refined my diet I've refined my, you know, routines, my, my eating, uh, drinking routines, my sleep routines, all these different routines to kind of improve and optimize my health. I've refined over time, and because I've had different issues and I've seen a lot of different perspectives in life, it's allowed me to, to, to come to the health kind of, uh, to come to the health work I do with an open understanding. And I think that's so important if you really want to achieve and attain optimal health and not be caught up in all the hoopla and, and you know, uh, be a victim of, uh, of overcommitting to something that may or not be your truth because we all have our own uh, diet truth, if you will. So um, be open-minded, see the scale of things, uh, have a balanced perspective, and uh, that's, that's really just going to serve you uh, a lot of value long-term. So uh, to answer the question, you know, which healthy diet is best, uh, paleo, pescatarian, vegetarian, vegan, or fruitarian, the answer is none. None of them are healthiest. Uh, I think overall eating more fruits and vegetables is healthier, um, but, you know, there's, there's no diet that is quote-unquote healthier um, because there have been people who, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in the holistic health space, and there have been people who have gone 100%, you know, raw vegan, and they start having health issues. And then once they start having eggs or, uh, you know, raw milk or something like that, their, their health comes back. Um, or even meat, you know. So I've, I even saw a story online recently about a guy who uh, was just going about his life, and then he started getting sick and losing all this weight, and and he didn't know what was wrong. So he started eating more fruits and vegetables, and he started getting even sicker. And then he started eating meat, raw meat, and his health and vitality came back. And I, it's just a weird scenario. I mean, obviously that's a very very small percentage, I think. But uh, when I saw that, I was like, you know, wow, it's kind of interesting. You know, everyone's unique, everyone's different, and uh, you know, it, it's kind of it's weird, but it, it, you know, it, I can understand how uh, you know all of our bodies are different, and, and you know, you have to be open to seeing a different thing. So, um, I think I've stressed that point enough, but I just really wanted to get that across because you know, I, I know a lot of people that work directly within the health spaces, holistic uh, health practitioners, biofeedback technicians, um, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and I've heard, seen, and heard a lot of stories, and I've experienced some of that in my own life, where I need to kind of uh, find my balance for, um, you know, to create my kind of image of the food pyramid, if you will. So um, moving on, uh, so basically kind of the big lesson, the big thing, big picture to understand is that individuality, genetics, uh, vitamin, mineral deficiencies, uh, and uh, food sensitivities um, all come into play. Um, so when you are eating a healthy diet, uh, some of those things with, within your individuality, you know, whether you have a deficiency, a genetic predisposition to something, uh, a genetic predisposition to digesting something well, or genetic predisposition to not digesting it well, all these factors come into play, 
and kind of determine your unique individuality that helps to kind of create the picture for your perfect food pyramid and your perfect food diet. Um, and when I say perfect, I mean for that given period at time in your life because as time goes on, needs change, demands change, uh, and, and you know, your, your needs for different nutrients will grow. Uh, so it's important to stay in tune with your body. And I think it's really important to, uh, if you have any deficiencies, know what they are. Um, so, for example, a lot of people in America have a magnesium deficiency, and a lot of people in the Midwest, I live in Michigan, a lot of people in the Midwest have a, an iodine deficiency uh, because we don't live close to the coast, and uh, there's not a lot of iodine in our food. And iodine is a very important mineral for uh, the thyroid health and uh, just the whole body overall. So, um, you know, for, for me, I've had magnesium and, and uh, iodine deficiencies. So that's why I show that with you. So for me, getting foods that are rich in magnesium and foods that are rich in iodine in my diet were important to me, and, and I did that by, uh, you know, eating um, uh, bananas and, and pawpaw and, um, you know, different fruits, pineapple, things, all these just different fruits, and then also uh, eating uh, different sea vegetables like kelp and dulse and things like that for, for my iodine deficiencies. So uh, when you understand your deficiencies and when you understand these different things, you can kind of work your diet at that given point in your life around that to help kind of fill in that gap and uh, bring your health and energy and vitality levels up to where they need to be. But just keep in mind, you have individuality that will create this. Uh, it's important to understand your genetics too. So what I mean by that is, uh, for example, I'm Irish, Lithuanian, and, and several other things. Uh, my ancestors ate, well, in Ireland, potatoes. So uh, potatoes, for example, may not be that bad for me because genetically speaking, my genes are predisposed to be okay with potatoes. That's what my, you know, ancestors were eating. It's kind of what I evolved to eat. Whereas someone that was raised on an island somewhere or, you know, whatever, they just didn't, they're, they're, in their genetic kind of pool, there was no potatoes. Uh, for them, that starch may be very difficult for their body to adjust, and it just may be a huge issue causing inflammation within the digestive system, within the gut, that leads to uh, toxicity, over-acidification, weight gain, and things like that. So, um, it's important to understand your genetics and how that plays a role as well, and just to kind of understand that picture and looking back and, and knowing now how that kind of helps you and doesn't help you based on your current diet. And then also, like I said, just deficiencies. Uh, you can get food sensitivity tests done, uh, so I think that's a great thing to do because if you are eating a different foods that you're sensitive to, uh, you know, even though they're quote-unquote maybe healthy, and there's another podcast with, uh, if you look on, in iTunes, uh, healthy foods making you fat with Lynn Janae Resitas. Uh, in that podcast, she talks about how different foods will cause people weight gain, even if they are quote unquote healthy, because they have a sensitivity to that food. The immune system reacts, causes inflammation, slows down the digestive system, they gain a few pounds, and then they don't, they don't know about this, but they continuously eat that food, and that's what causes weight gain, uh, and specifically fat gain around the midsection over time. So, uh, you can get food sensitivity tests done. Uh, and, you know, locally, um, and I highly recommend that just to understand what foods you're sensitive to and to avoid those because, you know, that, that will cause inflammation and just issues within your health overall. Um, so it's important to kind of just gauge where you're at. You know, I share all this information out of doing my best to bring a, a holistic, and when I say holistic, I mean holistic, right, holistic. It's a circular, it's a cyclical, it's a, it's a big picture perspective to, to the health, you know, kind of diet world um, and, and having a healthy diet. So it's important to gauge where you're at and look at the kind of different healthy lifestyle diets and kind of start learning and researching about those and, and kind of experimenting with your own diet in, in that kind of space where we know people have long-term sustainable healthy results and then find what specifically works for you. And what's important to understand is you don't, I highly recommend not labeling yourself, you know, a fruitarian, a vegan, a paleolithic, whatever it may be, because when you kind of subscribe to a specific uh, diet, you're really just kind of closing and limiting yourself off. And I know a lot of people who, uh, you know, they eat vegan, but they have, uh, you know, honey in their diet as well. Or they, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, they just pick and choose. You don't need to pick one healthy diet kind of path and stick to it because that's not going to be the most ideal for anyone. It'll be more ideal than the diet fads I talked about earlier in the podcast, but it won't be the most ideal diet for you to have the most amount of energy, 
be in the best shape and just feel great, uh, you know, on a, on a physical, mental kind of level. So um, it's important to gauge where you're at, see the big picture and, uh, you know, see the deficiencies you have, the food sensitivities, and kind of play, bring that into the picture as well uh, as you're kind of testing out these new kind of healthy, sustainable diets. Um, so with that being said, I do have a few guidelines I want to share that uh, I feel are really important for diet advice overall, and I think this kind of applies to everyone overall, um, because if you are uh, looking to be as healthy as you possibly can and you want to have the healthiest diet possible, it's important to understand the quality of your food is, is extremely important. So the quality and the form in which you adjust the food. So first and foremost, the quality of the food. So if you go to the grocery store, I think, you know, one or the farmer's market or wherever, wherever you buy food, the most important thing to understand, I think, is that overall eating more vegetables and fruits is healthier for literally everyone because uh, on every level, genetically, you know, uh, evolutionarily, you know, whatever it may be, we have all eaten fruits and vegetables on, in, in one way or another. Our ancestors have, we have, and we know that the, the, the antioxidants, uh, the prebiotics, the uh, vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, um, you know, all these different positive uh, polyphenols uh, and different compounds, amino acids, all these different things within the plant food kingdom within regards to vegetables and fruits have the most nutritional density to our health and our bodies. So I'd say the first guideline is just to eat more fruits and vegetables. Now when it comes to fruits and vegetables though, uh, now you have a scale of quality when it comes to that as well. So you have uh, the scale there is you have first and foremost uh, genetic modified uh, you know, fruits and vegetables and then you have traditionally uh, grown fruits and vegetables with pesticides and herbicides and fungicides and things. And then you have the organic fruits and vegetables. And then beyond organic, there's even wild foods, which is really the healthiest. But I'll probably save that for another uh, episode and either talk about that myself or talk to uh, interview someone on that. But basically, when you go to the farmer's market or grocery store or wherever you buy food, um, I highly recommend buying organic. And I, there is a quick kind of tip on this. Uh, within America and uh, really, I think, multiple countries now, uh, organic, certified organic isn't necessarily 100% organic because they have that certain, basically the parameters that they use to say whether it's organic or not have changed over time. So more chemicals and things have been used on even the organic produce within grocery stores. So personally, I highly recommend going to a farmer's market for a few reasons. First reason, you can talk to the farmers directly and you can ask them if they use anything on the crops, anything on the vegetables and fruits. And if they say they don't use anything, two thumbs up. That's much better. That's much better, you know, nutritional density and quality right there as compared to the organic at the grocery store. On top of that, I've found that the prices at the farmer's market for organic produce are probably 30, 35% cheaper than the grocery, than the grocery store. So you're saving money and getting higher quality uh, produce, fruits and vegetables, uh, simply by going to the farmer's market. And uh, I've recently just become a huge proponent of this. Uh, I've kind of wanted to go to the farmer's market for a while, and I thought it was cool, but uh, recently I've started going, and I've been getting a ton of, uh, you know, great produce, peppers, celery, cucumber, kale, all these different things for amazing prices. Every time I buy food at the farmer's market, organic produce, I feel like I'm ripping them off. I mean, it's amazing. Um, so I highly recommend going to a farmer's market to talk to the farmers and kind of get a good sense and feel for that and get the highest quality uh, organic produce that you can. Um, or just, you know, grow your own garden. That's even, even more ideal and better yet. Um, so that's the first thing is understanding the scope of the quality, um, avoiding genetically modified foods, avoiding conventional produce, and uh, looking for organic and, uh, produce, fruits, and vegetables at your local old farmer's market, preferably, um, or your own backyard in your garden. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about that I think is an important guideline to follow when it comes to eating healthy is eating closest to nature. So what I mean by that is, uh, let's use apples as an example. And, you know, I live in Michigan and it's fall here, so apples are, are great this time of year. You know, the fall apples, you know, there's apple cider, cider mills everywhere, and apples and applesauce and apple pie, and apple everything basically. And uh, if you look at apples, if I go to an apple orchard, and I pick an apple off the tree and I take a bite into the apple, I'm literally getting the most nutritional density, the most energetic vibrancy within that bite that I take into the apple at that given moment 
than I would at any other time in that life beyond the picking from that tree. So once someone picks an apple and it goes into, you know, uh, shipping to your local grocery store uh, or it goes to like a factory and they process it and put it in bags or crates or, you know, whatever it may be, the amount of time it takes from them to pick the apple from the tree and get it into the stores or even the farmer's markets, uh, you know, there, there's a time span there and it's losing nutritional density over time. And then obviously eventually apples or any other vegetables or fruits become rotten. And that's when mold and things like that start to grow on it. So the freshest and closest to nature you can eat your fruits are better. That's why I love farmer's markets as well. But then also to understand this on a deeper level, it understands to understand the form of that food and how you eat it. So, for example, if I take an apple uh, and I make apple sauce out of that or, you know, apple juice, uh, those are two different forms of the apple that are, you know, just a different form. But if I take a bite from the apple, if I eat the apple, the organic apple, I get the most value from just eating that apple. Whereas now if I make an apple sauce, um, you know, um, heating, there's a heating process involved maybe, and there's maybe some, maybe even some people, I don't know why people do this, but use preservatives and stuff. You can use natural preservatives, by the way. We'll get to that in future videos and articles. Um, and, and, you know, all these different um, things can be added within that process. Um, or, you know, juicing the apple, uh, losing out on the fiber. Or people just buying apple juice from the store when sugar's added. Um, so it's important to understand closest to nature uh, with a time frame is important for the, the value of that, of that produce. But then also understanding the form of that produce, whether it's in its most natural, pristine form from nature, or whether it's been processed into a sauce, a drink, a pie, uh, you know, whatever it may be, uh, the closer it is to nature, the better. And the closer in that form it is to nature, the better, overall, typically speaking. Uh, so a great guideline to follow is just to eat higher quality organic foods from your local farmer's market. And one thing I've even started to do recently, and uh, my friend from AltHealthWorks.com, Nick Meyer, me and him have both done this because we live uh, in Michigan. We have found different farmers locally that we build relationships with, but we can get produce directly from them. Uh, or they have, like we, we found a guy who has an apple orchard and has all different varieties of apples and pawpaw fruit and uh, sea buckthorn berries and all these different things. And we can just go out to the farm and pick berries and pick apples or whatever and buy it directly from them and, you know, kind of make a field trip, quote unquote, and uh, get the most valuable food in that kind of way. So look for farmers, look for people that are doing these types of things. And that's another great reason to go to the farmer's market. You can build relationships with these people that can lead to uh, high quality food at a cheap price. And, uh, you know, you can use that in salads and smoothies and juices and things like that. Um, so, Quality is very important. Eating closest to nature, nature is important. Uh, and then the other thing I think is important to just kind of, once again, kind of reiterate is that not all fruits and vegetables are going to resonate with you. So, uh, you know, genetics, once again, comes into play. Individuality comes into play. Nutritional deficiencies come into play. Food sensitivities are huge. They come into play. All these different things come into play. And the individuality aspect is very important. So if you're out to eat, for example, and I've, I've known this has happened to me, and I know it's happened to many other people as well. If you're out to eat and you have the same dish as someone in the group, uh, you know, whatever it may be, and you eat that food and they eat that food and you feel fine, but you notice that they're like, oh, you know, that food didn't sit well with me. Or it happens to you. They have that food and you have that food. And you're like, that food didn't sit well with me. You can just feel it in your stomach. It's gurgling and making noises, and you're like, what's going on? This isn't working. Uh, you know, the same food doesn't resonate with everyone. So for some people, specific foods are going to be easier, uh, and for some people, others aren't. So understanding your individuality and your genetics and your food sensitivities are so important to understand now so that long-term, as you begin to make these small, refined, positive changes in your dietary habits on a day-to-day -day basis, you basically are creating positive uh, long-terms that are positive, uh, long-term cumulative effects from understanding those things now. So I hope you pay attention to that and find your food sensitivities, pay attention to your body, pay attention to how you feel what, you know, when you eat food, uh, and just kind of start creating your own picture in your mind for what works for you because if you start paying attention and becoming mindful and aware of that, it's going to help you out a lot. Um, so eat organic, go to farmer's markets. Another thing, too, a great kind of guideline is just eating local, once again, farmer's market things, but also eating seasonal. So eating seasonal is going to allow you to get the most nutritional density, the most energetic 
uh, value from that food, the most vitality, the most uh, transfer of energy from your food to your cells when the food is seasonal. So once again, um, you know, if you live in, in, in uh, the north, I live in Michigan, you know, uh, apples are in season in the fall. So uh, right now, I should be eating apples. Um, and I don't have any apples right now, but I probably will. Um, so, you know, just understanding these things and using them to your advantage and kind of looking at the seasonal cycle of things and eating seasonally will give you the most nutritional density as well. So eating local, farmer's market, seasonal, and in the purest, closest, most pristine form to nature uh, is, is, is of huge value overall. And uh, those are really all the guys I got for today. Um, I do have one more thing I want to share with you. And for some of you listening, you might think, this is ridiculous, crazy, nonsense, woo-woo, whatever you want to call it. But I want to share this with you because I feel like it's important. And even if you don't believe what I'm about to tell you, uh, I think it's important to be open to this type of thing and to uh, be mindful of this and understand this on an energetic level uh, because I think the emerging research is proving more of this to be true. And I think in, in the coming years, uh, our diet will understand that there's a lot more to health and I already feel and know and believe there's a lot more to health than diet, but we'll understand this component and factor of it. So um, what that is, is just simply feeling good while you're eating, okay? So uh, I know, for example, in certain times in my life, you know, I've eaten a food, and while I'm eating that food, I'm stressed out, I'm angry, I'm, you know, something just made me mad or whatever it may be. I just I just got off a phone call with one of my family members, and they frustrated me, and um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go eat. Um, and you know, our emotional state plays a role in everything in our life, everything that we do on, a, on, on every single level. We're, we have a, a mind, a body, and a spirit, and, and emotions, and, and every, uh, ro- every aspect and role of our being plays a role in every other aspect of our being. So for example, our mind affects our body, because our mind is our body, really. Our body and our mind are one. Um, and our spirit as well, you know, spirit and the, the essence of our energy, those types of things, all affect each kind of cofactor within our, our full being, our full kind of resonating, alive, vibrant being. And if your emotions and your attitude and your mental state is of kind of negativity, is, is of stress, and is of, you know, kind of a, of a uh, defeated state, um, or whatever it may be, a victimhood, or whatever, kind of like a negative resonance, if you will. If you're in that state when you're eating, uh, I believe, and I believe more research is starting to reveal and show, that the, the physical, tangible, nutritional, energetic value of the food that you're eating is diminished when you're in a negative state. Um, so there's, a, there's different cultures in, in the world where people will, um, well, obviously praying is you know, kind of a good thing before eating, is you know, praying for, for your meal, for your food, that it's nutritious, that it you know, blesses your body and that kind of thing. But then also in other cultures in the world, people will just take you know, the right hand, for example, and uh, put it over the food and kind of move it in a circular motion, moving to the right, uh, and just kind of bless their food kind of with their hand and kind of put that intention on the food that it's, that it's positive, that's beneficial, that's you know, good for, for their health. And uh, I think that's important to do every single time you eat. And I need to do this more often myself. I'm preaching to the choir here because um, whether you're eating healthy or not, uh, the energy you carry around that food when you eat it plays a huge role on, on your, you know, the, the assimilation and the either positive or negative effect of that food. And partially I believe that's because uh, when you're stressed, for example, or when you're in kind of a negative state, your immune system is actually compromised. And remember that 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So what that means is that when you're stressed or when you're in kind of a negative state, you're literally weakening your ability to extract value or dispose of toxicity or, you know, whatever it may be within your stomach region, uh, all because of your emotional state, emotional and mental state. So... I think it's important to pray for your food, to be positive about your food. Whether you're eating, you know, really healthy or you're eating a junk food meal, whatever it may be, have a positive emotional and mental state around your food. And I think that's just going to add more value to your food. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of put your, your being into a place of, of uh, alignment with your food so that your body accepts, accepts the food and utilizes it on the highest possible level um, so that you receive the most value from it. So bless your food, pray for your food, um, be positive over your food, 
And uh, that just really adds a lot of value. And to kind of add to that conversation, I saw a documentary recently called uh, I Am. Uh, the, the guy that created the documentary was a really successful director who worked with Jim Carrey and, um, you know, really successful guy. And he kind of came to a point in his life where he, where he realized um, there's more purpose to my life than, you know, making money in movies. And, you know, uh, he had a big house and a nice car and, a, you know, went on vacations and all this kind of stuff. He's buying real estate all over. And he kind of came to a point in his life where he realized there's much more to life than money, stuff, acquiring things. So what he did was he created a documentary called I Am. And this documentary is in Netflix. And uh, I'll link it up in the show notes so you can check it out if you want to see it. But basically, in this documentary kind of goes to the documentary asking notable members of society, you know, what's wrong with our world? And kind of the premise of the movie and how it changed and evolved during the creation of it was his question went from what's wrong with the world to what's right with the world because by the end of the movie he didn't really see and pay attention to what was wrong with the world because he started finding out more and more what was right about the world and he found a positive perspective uh, in a negative question and it led him to lead kind of a much more positive life. He sold his mansion and moved into a trailer uh, which is you know obviously a big kind of drastic change and you know he just kind of changed his whole life and just by asking questions. And at one point in the movie that I found really interesting, probably one of the most interesting parts in the movie, was he's in, I believe it's a, I forget what university, I want to say it's a university, and he's with a, a, oh, I think it's the Institute of Heart Math or something like that, something along those lines. And uh, he's in, in this uh, kind of laboratory, and he's with this, this specialist, and they connected, they've had a little kind of jar, a petri dish basically, of yogurt. And they connected electrodes to this director, and they also connect those electrodes to the actual yogurt, and then it connects to kind of a biofeedback device on the computer, some sort of software that read uh, his, his uh, cognitive, um, you know, mental patterns in relation to how it kind of changed the yogurt when he thought different things in a sense. So what he did was he started talking and just going on and on. He's like, and he said, you know, maybe I should call my lawyer. And the, the biofeedback just shot up like it. It was like it was like it was basically you know, it was kind of stress basically, and it was like he was like whoa, and they all started laughing, and then he goes on about a few other things, and every time he changed his thoughts and he changed his kind of like his his cognitive focus, uh, the yogurt, the, and I believe they're kind of connected to the bacteria, the probiotics within the yogurt, or something like that, um, or maybe even not even that, it's just connecting connecting to the yogurt and affecting the seeing the the changes of it, but. Um, basically, every time he changed his thoughts and his focus, the yogurt kind of changed um, in, a, in a positive or a negative way. And this was just the first kind of scientific, you know, tangible, uh, physical thing that I've seen that kind of shows that, you know, your thoughts and, and, your, and your cognitive, your mental, emotional kind of state has an effect on food and really everything, I believe, but really specifically on food and what you're eating. Um, and it's just cool to see. I highly recommend the documentary. It's called I Am, uh, the documentary, and I'll link that up within this uh, recording in the show notes right below this post on healthywildandfree.com as well. Um, so I do highly recommend watching that, praying over your food, blessing your food, and having a positive emotional state um, around your food. And uh, just to add to that, one thing I've noticed too is that sometimes when I'm with company and, uh, you know, good company, family, friends, whatever it may be, and uh, I may not be eating the healthiest meal, but... If I'm having a good time, if I feel grateful, if I, if I have a sense of joy, if I'm laughing and really laughing, maybe for me specifically, but if I'm laughing a lot and I'm eating, you know, a subpar meal, maybe a little bit of kind of not healthy stuff, a little bit of healthy stuff, whatever it may be, um, I really feel like the food digests better as it, like just during that meal. And if I weren't doing that, having a good time, feeling grateful and having joy and that kind of thing, uh, I, I've noticed that the food doesn't digest as well. And it's the same food. So for me in my life, I've kind of noticed that, you know, when it comes to like holidays and things, um, I seem to digest the food that I normally want to digest as well uh, better because I have that good company, that sense of gratitude and, and gratefulness and happiness and there's a lot of laughter and things like that. So um, kind of stay in tune with that and utilize that on a day-to-day basis. You don't need to laugh and be grateful on Thanksgiving only. Uh, it can be a daily routine and I, and, I, and I hope that it is because um, that's added a lot of value in my life as far as, um, you know, just feeling good and, and, and digesting food well and, 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 and uh, just positively impacting my life as a whole. So 
Um, that's really it for this podcast. Once again, uh, if this is the first time you're listening to the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast, my name is David Benjamin. This is the first podcast I've done where it's just kind of me talking and sharing my thoughts, ideas, beliefs, and feelings. Uh, usually I interview different people, so there's kind of going to be a combination of me interviewing people, uh, you know, in regards to mind, body, spirit, health, fitness, spirituality, green living, but then also me every once in a while talking about, um, you know, just different concepts and ideas and trying to bring a, a balanced perspective to everything. So um, thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, a quick request I do have, if you if, if you are enjoying these podcasts, if you enjoy this information, I would please ask, and I beg you, not beg you, but I really would appreciate if you would go to iTunes on your computer and type in Healthy, Wild, and Free and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. That way you'll be notified with every new podcast and you can listen to them on your iPhone or on your iPod or in your car or your iPad or wherever you are when you're working, working out, you know, whatever it may be. And you can, you won't miss an episode. So that's the first reason. But if you could also leave a review in iTunes by clicking on ratings and reviews and just writing a quick review, sharing your thoughts. Um, The more reviews I have, the better, the more people I can possibly impact and reach with my message. And I really want to help reach a lot of people to live healthier, more abundant uh, lives and have more of a balanced perspective on things. Because I think sometimes we put so much stress and pressure on ourselves. And uh, I just want to bring, you know, love and balance and, and harmony to this crazy world of, of, of health and fitness and all this other kind of stuff. So if you can leave a review on iTunes, it means so much to me. I would I'd be eternally grateful for that. And uh, also, if you aren't already a member of the Facebook community, go to facebook.com forward slash healthy, wild, and free. And just click like there. I post different kind of inspiring uh, images, inspiring stories, articles, videos, uh, healthy green home tips, healthy living tips, uh, all sorts of cool stuff that you probably find interesting if you found this episode of this podcast interesting. And last but not least, if you really want to be notified of every podcast and video and just everything I'm kind of doing and keep up with it, go to healthyandfree.com and click the box at the top right-hand corner, and it says get your free copy of Your Supplements Suck. Uh, it's a book I wrote, kind of a negative title, but, you know, it, a lot of supplements on the market suck in my opinion, uh, just like a lot of food on the market sucks. Uh, so just uh, click on that and uh, enter your email, and you're going to get a free copy of my book. And then you'll be notified every once in a while uh, when I create a new video or do an interview or, you know, recipes or anything around the topics of health, wellness, fitness, uh, mind, body, spirit, green living, spirituality, all that good stuff. So uh, once again, thank you so much for your time from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for uh, leaving your reviews in iTunes and uh, sharing this information on Facebook and just sharing it with your friends and family. I think it can help a lot of people. So um, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode.